0: Welcome to the Healing Station with Dr. Red. I am your host, Dr. Red, and we are here for another episode of our Heart Condition series. And today we will be talking about anger. And as usual, I got my co host with me, Sis Queen Sylvia Speaks Girl. Say hey, y'all. Say hey.
1: Hey, everyone. <laughs> and it's so great to be here. Glad for you all to join us. This is going to be such a unique episode um, talking about anger. Anger Mm. is something that we all have that we all try to suppress or some just act boastfully in, you know, so let's let's get into it. Let's talk about it. I'm excited. I wanted to
0: start By just admitting that anger is probably like, that's a hard one for me personally. It's not one that I'm the most comfortable with. And as we talk through other feelings, like even fear and stuff like that, very familiar with those, more comfortable with those in a weird way. Um, But with anger, I've always found myself at one point in my life, like priding myself in never getting angry, (laughs) which I see now as problematic as I've understood as I've understood anger. Um, But just being a person that was like, no, I want to stay away from anger as much as possible. I want to deny anger as much as possible. But now, um, really, truly understanding that anger is necessary and it's not a bad thing. And what I've realized is what I thought was anger in the past was really rage. And so seeing anger as rage and getting it um, misconstrued, and seeing that, believing that rage was really anger, put me in a position to be like, I don't want to be, I don't want to be angry. Because rage is when you see people lashing out, or really being in this space that's honestly scary. And I was like, I don't want to be like that. (laughs) Like, And so I was like, I don't, I want to deny anger. Like, I don't want to feel that. But now, understanding that rage is actually fear in a way that, people respond to their fear to push people away and they become, you know, scary on purpose to push, you know, put a wall around that. I'm like, okay, help me to understand anger. Um, and for my understanding right now, anger is more so, um, it's very vulnerable (laughs) because it is expressing what is important to you and what you're passionate about. And it also gives energy, energy for change, whether that is like advocating for yourself or others, um, or just the energy it takes to really share your heart with other people and be vulnerable. And so that's how I see anger now, which makes me realize like one, I am angry. <laughs> and I, I, I am and that's okay. And I can, you know, embrace that. And two, makes me realize that it's one of the most important feelings when I think of it mm-hmm. that way. What are your thoughts? Um,
1: I want to go back to rage. So we, uh-huh. so you expressed that rage is not anger. It is uh-huh. actually fear that is expressed out. So I want to read this scripture, right? And I uh-huh. want you to give me your perspective on this. Um, so this is John 2, 14 through 17. Um, In the temple courts, he, talking about Jesus, found people selling cattle, sheep and doves and others sitting at tables exchanging money so he made a whip out of cords and drove all from the temple courts both sheep and cattle he scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned the tables those who sold doves he said get out of get these out of here stop turning my father's house into a market or my father's house will be a house of prayer um, his disciples remember it is written zeal for your house will consume me so, people can look at this, right? And be mm-hmm. like, well, that's rage, right? Like, that's, that's, you know, he's flipping over tables, he's yelling at people, all of the things like that. Kind of what, what do you think is, what is the feeling or what is happening in this moment?
0: That's a really good question. As I think about that at first glance, to be honest, I see like a mixture of anger and rage in that. Um, being one, this piece of, clearly being passionate and knowing that this is not a space for what was happening because we know that it wasn't um they were selling things and doing and taking advantage of people and all of that and so at first glance i'm like oh he's raging out there but uh, understanding the context and then also understanding the character of god i shy away from thinking that's rage and yeah. realize that that is anger because he is righteously and rightfully angry at what they're doing They're taking advantage of people They're stealing in the house of God um, And what does that One, to me I see Jesus in this moment Being moved with compassion To protect yeah. his sheep
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm in with that You know, looking at it Right, and it can seem like okay, you just lashing out type of things, but there's a real righteous anger. Anger in the last line that says, "His disciples remembers remembered it is written, zeal for your house will consume me." So this is what is zeal? It's the passion, right? Mm-hmm. It is the 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 thing that is like stirring us up that is causing frustration because of the passion that is behind yeah. it. You know, the passion of understanding that. His house is supposed to be a house of prayer. His father's house is a house of prayer. This house is supposed to be considered holy and sacred and set apart. So this anger that I have is really a passion in speaking to, like you said, wanting to protect the sheep, wanting to protect mm. the sacredness of that temple, um, of that house. So I I am in agreement with that um, in regards to that. And anger is something that is um, unfamiliar to me as well mm-hmm. in the sense of like, I never knew I've always experienced depression, right? depression yeah. was something that I was very familiar with depression and sadness and things like that. But I didn't know that underneath that depression was actually anger mm-hmm. and it just was turned. So anger when it turns into depression is something that's turned inwardly mm-hmm. um, versus when it becomes outwardly, it becomes pride. pride. type of, And so when it's impaired, So in the space of depression, it pushes because um, anger speaks to, uh, you know, like you said, it exposes our passion or our hunger Mm -hmm. that we have for life It's really the most vulnerable feeling. Like you said, it really tells you what you are and what you are not and Mm -hmm. what is not. There is no in between in regards to that. And so when it becomes impaired and it becomes depression, it is in a space where it's pushing your passion back into your heart. Um, Mm -hmm. It rejects the experience of of our yearnings and wishes for things to be different. Um, It is the denial of our hearts, truest desire to reach out. Right. When you think about when you're Mm -hmm. depressed, like you just go inside of yourself. You're not asking for help. You're not expressing what's on your mind. You're just going very internal um, and it's directly related to avoided anger, which takes away from the dealing from dealing with deeper sadness, loneliness, hurt um or even fear at the at that point so d- depression was something that i was really familiar with i was like hey, no like sad yeah. sure i have you like i can i can tell you about that all through and through <laughs> but anger i don't have anger and so when anger started coming up i was like this is weird this is suspicious and then you go into that mode of like wait anger is not okay like we're not supposed to be angry you know all yeah. the things like that but It's actually not true. It's actually not true. Um, Anger speaks to um, a lot of things. I want to read this scripture and you kind of give me your points about this. So we have, you know, be angry, but sin not. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. I want to read two different versions of it, though. Okay. So first is the, um, let's go with the message version, which says, um, go ahead and be angry. You do well to be angry, but don't use your anger as fuel for revenge and don't stay angry. Don't go to bed angry. Don't give the devil that kind of foothold in your, in your life. Ephesians 4, 26 to 27. And then I'm also read the Passion Translation. It says, but don't let the passion of your emotions lead you to sin. Don't let anger control you or be fuel for your revenge, not even for a day. Don't give the slanderous accuser, the devil, an opportunity to manipulate you. And so when I see this, it's like, oh, we could be, I can be angry about things, mm-hmm. be frustrated about things. It—it It is it, speaking to a deeper need or speaking to something else as far as in, it becomes an issue when we allow it to control our life. And then now we're living in anger, living in this impaired state of rage, um, that comes from fear, all of these different things like mm-hmm. that. Um Yeah, that's what I'm thinking about. Like learning to get to that place of being accepting and being okay that I'm actually angry. I'm actually frustrated about this. And what are we what are we doing with that anger? I think is the important thing.
0: I think that's very important. As you talk about it, um, um. I I know people can use those scriptures and be like, this is proof why we shouldn't be angry. Um, but it's not so much saying you can't be angry. Like that's necessary. Clearly Jesus in that scripture you read before was angry. However, it is when we allow that anger to fester or become impaired because yeah. we are all, uh, we all fall short of the glory. And therefore all of us have to be, continually check our hearts because when we feel these feelings and when our hearts are unchecked or we're not asking questions about how we're feeling and what other feelings are present along with that anger and where this comes from then we could start becoming um, allowing that anger to turn into now resentment and bitterness Mm -hmm. and pride and depression like you said all of these impaired expressions Or, you know, of anger or rage and all of these things. It reminds me actually from the book, and I'm actually going to refer to it where it talks about anger can indicate the need to stop and consider what is happening inside of us. Anger therefore becomes a warning single signal telling us to look inside at what fear, hurt, sadness, or loneliness we are experiencing. Anger also indicates a need to take responsibility for other feelings. Thus anger will help identify um, losses as in sadness rejections as in loneliness wounds which come with hurt or limitations that come with fear and give us the opportunity to tell the truth about what is really going on inside of our hearts and so anytime we are feeling any of these feelings but particularly since we're talking about anger today having a moment to really find out okay this anger is coming up what else is present here What is the root of this? And when we're not checking that, then we can start to look for things externally sometimes and like look at other people like, oh, you it's you. Like you're the problem. And so then that's when the bitterness and resentment starts coming in because we're really not checking our hearts for like what is taking place. What are you afraid of? What yeah. just hurt you? Do you feel rejected right now? Like, where? Let, let's talk about this. And in order to do that reflection, that's very vulnerable and very introspective. And then to also be able to share that with somebody else in relationship, that that can be scary. And most of us don't want to do that. And even when I think about going back to rage as we are talking about a lot of times, and a lot of us, unfortunately, saw rage acted out with our caregivers. So, you know, they would lash out or some some unfortunately will, you know custom out or whatever the case may be you'll get lashed out at, and it's like that rage would happen but that as a parent I know I I thank God that I'm not in that spacing and, and the Lord has you know really helped me check my heart and make sure I'm doing that as I'm raising my child because I don't want to cause unnecessary damage there um, but as I think about it Um, As a parent, a lot of times when we may lash out at our children, it comes from a place of like we're afraid. Like there's that fear that can take place where it's like, oh, what is this going to lead to? Um, Because they're acting out in this way, especially as I think about teenagers and I'm not there. (laughs) I got a two year old right now. But when I think about teenagers and they're doing things that are like dangerous or Scary, like, what is this going to look like later? And then you just lash out because there's this fear in you where it's like, okay, I have to control this situation. I, I have to make sure you realize how dangerous this is. But there's other ways that we are able to express that with our children or with others that doesn't, like, we can be honest about how we're feeling instead of having to just lash out in this way that honestly is not received well and could be damaging to the relationship. But it makes me think of that.
1: Yeah, and I'm thinking about, um, I want to pull up this scripture Um, in Genesis 4. um, I don't know how many of you know about Cain and Abel in the story, in the Bible. Um, But Cain and Abel were born to Adam and Eve. This was after the fall had happened. So sin entered into the world and the Lord kicked them out of the Garden of Eden, sad day. And then they had Cain and Abel,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. two sons. And so it was a time where it was time to bring an offering unto God. They tilled the ground so they understood the importance of what to bring to the Lord, right? They they understood it. Um, Abel ministered to the Lord in such a way where God was so pleased with his offering that he gave the Lord. Cain kind of just gave him whatever he wanted to give him, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's kind of like, you know how like you... Maybe are in a friendship or relationship with somebody, and they just kind of give you whatever, and it doesn't have any interest to you, doesn't have Mm. any liking, doesn't. It just it just felt like you could feel when somebody doesn't think out what they're giving. What they're giving, yeah. Just just here, just take it, you know. And this is to God. This is the God, the Creator of the entire Earth, right? You know, the entire universe, who is holy and sacred, and Mm. you just kind of give them your sloppy, whatever, you know? Um, and so I want to start at verse five, Genesis four, verse five, um, which says, but unto Cain. So this was after Abel had gave his offering and it says, but onto Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. He speaking of God. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. And then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is this face downcast? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, you uh, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It mm-hmm. desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Now Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out to the field. While they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Mm-hmm. Like... That's a whole moment right there of showing how we need to check our heart. And even God expressed to him, like, if you just, he was like, hey, check your heart. What's going on inside your heart? Mm -hmm. Reevaluate some things. If you just do the right thing, then you'll be okay. But that speaks to, because he decided not to check his heart, that led him into other feelings. What What else would you say from kind of your perspective or a psychological perspective? What else was going on in this moment?
0: Jealousy, which is that mixture of fear and and anger mixed, and um, how that can go together. So I see some jealousy there because, like, uh, I I deserve this. I'm owed this, you know. Pride, yeah. of course, um, mm-hmm. is present. Bitterness, resentment. Um, we don't know the full story of their, uh, you know, childhood and all of that, but they're uh, not trying to add or take away from the Bible, but I just, I'm curious, you know, as you see sibling rivalry and stuff like that, um, could there have been other times where it's like, ah, oh, here go Abel again, being the good one. Yeah. And I have yeah. to be chastised. And so, you know, that adds up. Um, and then when you're not checking your heart, you build up resentment toward people. Like you're like, uh, you know, not really. And he's not taking responsibility for his feelings and his actions where it's like, you know, you could have, you could have just made this right. But instead of blaming him, like, oh, I'm being so there's comparison there. Um, so those are the things that I see as I'm looking in the, at this, and how when we allow, allow things like pride, bitterness, resentment, and all of that to take place, that's when we start sinning. That's when we start yeah. doing things in our own right. That's when we start seeing justice <laughs> in our own light, what that means. Mm-hmm. And for him, justice is get rid of him, like. Like, I'm going to murder you. I'm going to kill you. And that's how I'm yeah. going to deal with these, um, with the matters of my, and that does not take care of the issue because the issue really is him being yeah. disobedient and not being honest about how he's feeling.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah, that's good. And, you know, and now that I'm in the space of where I've really been taking time to really process my feelings, I really have been in this interesting space of just learning to accept all of my feelings. Um, Mm. Growing up, I have been told a lot, you know, you're too sensitive, it's not that deep, all of the things and kind of just get over it, right? Just get over it. And that it led me to a lot of internal depression, right? So a lot of impaired ways of dealing with my feelings. But now that I've been really walking with Christ and in a space where he's um, encouraging me constantly to give him all of my feelings all of my emotions and it's okay and i think i'm finally at a point where i'm okay with accepting um everything that i feel and i'm also understanding that there can be multiple feelings happening at one time yeah um many can be happening at once and it all can be true and it all can be okay um and so uh, just walking through certain journeys, like I've been dealing with kind of some some family issues and there is this anger that has been rising up in me and really just anger towards humanity in general um, because, and it feels so much like righteous anger because I'm really allowing the Lord to consecrate my emotions and my feelings. And it feels like this righteous anger like, staring up at me. That, and I think it's cool, like, how you see, how, like, in, in so many times you see David, who's like, Lord, my enemies are, your enemies are my enemies, and, you know, I mm-hmm. hate everybody that rises up against you and, and splatters and blasphemous your name. Like, you see that so many different times, and just that zeal, or you have, like, um. there was a story back when the Israelites were in camp. I don't know exactly where it is. It might be in Numbers, but um, it got to the point where... The Israelites were um, just disobeying God, like completely all over the place, and they began to to intermarry with women who worshipped other gods, and it just all it just they just did a lot of immoral stuff. And there was this person, I don't know what his name was, um, but there was this person, and he came with a with a javelin, which a spear, and drove it through the woman that this particular person was sleeping with and through the the Israelite as well. Mm -hmm. And God saw that as honorable. He saw that as honorable because there was a passion, there was a zeal that rose up inside of him um, to stand for righteousness, to stand for um, um, his holiness and what God has already said. Now, I'm not saying go out here and kill people. That's not what I'm saying. At all. Right? At (laughs) all. At all. (laughs) He killed his brother and God didn't see it as righteous. But then you see this other person um, in the camp of Israelites where there was so much immorality going on. The person rose up and he killed it at the root, essentially what was causing all of the sin and causing all the disobedience. And God saw this as righteous. and He even honored that and gave it as a covenant of peace. And so where I feel like I'm at is in this space of, as I'm learning to process my feelings with God there is this anger that's rising up in me there's this anger that's really speaking to the passion of wanting people to be righteous wanting people to be in a space of holiness wanting people to be in relationship and intimacy with god you know god has to go through these extremes to get our attention sometimes yeah. you know people get sick people begin to die um murders happen you know like the wars that go on in the world like All of this stuff. And it's like, we don't realize we need Jesus until we realize we need Jesus. And there is this anger inside of me of like, why is it that way? Why is it so gracious? Mm -hmm. Yeah. God is so gracious and he's so patient and he's so kind. And he tells us over and over again, he warns us. Like you see with Cain. He said, hey, if you just do the right thing, we'll be good. (laughs) Come back. Sin is right here waiting on you, but you can rule over it. And still decided to go the opposite way. And, and so seems, even in these mm-hmm. moments where this anger is rising up in me, I'm like, okay, Lord, I feel this. Of course, my natural flesh want to like act out and rage and punch and all of this, all of these things like that and just curse people out and whatever. But I give it to God. And then there's a new feeling that comes. Maybe there's some sadness that comes. And then that brings that moves me into compassion to want to intercede, to want to pray. For these people mm. that need him that need to see him all of these things like that so it's like there's a difference when you process it with god or when you process yeah. it however god leads you to do it so if that's through therapy right or if that's through friendships that's through whatever it is like taking time to really acknowledge what is going on inside of you what is what is it mm. and then that what are you most frustrated about that you probably need to begin to move in action towards in a way that can facilitate facilitate change
0: yeah, I love that because it makes me think of even how our anger, our righteous anger, especially around those who are lost, can lead us into becoming the answer to that, which is being able to go in spaces, like even with this podcast, for example, um, but being able to talk about these things to just help people learn the truth and you know just start thinking of things differently and being a part of you know, preaching the gospel Um Wherever you are. So being in the light, wherever, whatever space you are, it's like knowing that you don't have to necessarily have a platform or a podcast or even a church or anything to preach the gospel or to do this. You can do this with the neighbor. You can do this with the person that sits next to you at work or at school. Um, and so allowing that anger to give you the energy or and the boldness to go. And do what God is telling you to do and speak and not have the fear of man holding you back. Because at that point, it's like, there's souls on the line. Who cares what people think,
1: you know? No, and I think that's so good. Because even just thinking about recently, like how that's so good, like how that gives you the boldness to Mm -hmm. move toward action, right? In a a way that will be honorable, in a way that will be just um, being able to stand before people and be like, hey, listen, (laughs) get it together, hey listen this is what we ought to do um that's that's so good Mm -hmm. definitely and with you know thinking about because
0: as you were talking um and i know people can misinterpret the bible and they go in the old testament and they see people sticking people with javelins and then they think it's like no that is not what god is telling you to do like come on (laughs) like that should not don't do that like you need to read that (laughs) in context and calm down you check your heart (laughs) check your heart um but as I think about, because a lot of people will say like the, the God of, well, first of all, he the God of the old, new and all, you know, Testament, but, um, they are like, oh, the God of the old Testament is so angry. <laughs> and he was out here just like, you know, smiting everybody. Um, but when you really read it within context and start to, uh, take the time to really understand the character of God for yourself, um, and read these things within cultural context and all of that. Um, and the whole chapter, not just the verse and all of that good stuff. I start realizing, one, just as we read in Genesis, like how much God, he doesn't just start smiting. <laughs> he like warns and he sell, he sends several warnings. He will speak mm-hmm. to you directly. He will send his prophets. He will send his whoever. Like he, he does a lot of warnings. He lets you know, like, if you're going to cover him with me. This will bring blessings. This will bring curses. Like he's just so fair in the way he presents everything so just. And just, and even in the midst of you acting a fool, he's like, he's not like, oh, they're acting a fool now. He's like, all right, they're acting a fool. Let me bring this to your attention. This is what's going to happen. But there's yeah. still time. You can yeah. still humble yourself and cry out yeah. before me and I will heal your land. Like he literally is so patient and kind with it. And then finally, because he's off on Omega, so he knows if you're really going to do it or not and then at that point it's like i gotta kill the root of this i gotta deal with the root of this because if i don't it's going to spoil the whole situation and so a lot of what we see in the old testament when he was destroying things he was first of all gave warnings and tried his best to save before it even took place and then when it was taking place is because he's destroying the root of it like you said which to, to really help to not spoil everything that was taking place and there's always a plan for it and it is not his plan that any should perish and so understanding his character helps as you read through harder books of the bible that show um just like the what we call the like the wrath of god or the judgments that come upon people as a result of sin
1: yeah yeah that's so good because going back to like what you said like going to the root of what Mm -hmm. the issue is like and that's what a lot of it is um really he's the same throughout but Mm -hmm. in the old testament you see it more and more but even like when you get here right like i i'll read this um this is god with moses and he has saved his people out of captivity You know, he, God has saved his people out of captivity. Um, They're now in this wilderness space and he, God is leading them. He's giving them everything they want, food, bread, water, all of the things that, all of the necessities and God expressed to them, Hey, these are the commandments. These are what I'm expecting in order for you to submit under my authority. That also means you're taking on my protection. But when you decide to not to reject my authority, reject my commandments, Mm -hmm. then Um, I, you're no longer going to be in a space of protection. And that's what happens when we get to this space where now all of this sin and all of this stuff is happening. And so even reading here, when Moses was on the mountain, um, with God, getting all the commandments and stuff, the people decided to go against God once again. And it says here in Exodus thirty two ten. now leave me alone. This is God talking to Moses. Now leave me alone so that my anger may burn against them and that I may destroy them. I will make you into a great nation. Then I will make you into a great nation. So he's, how many times has he told them like, Hey, listen, listen, stop. Don't do this. Do that. Do this. Do that. Do this. Do that. Do this. Do that. Like those of you are parents. Those of you are teachers. I'm sure. Okay. about that all too well and at some point people don't believe fat meat is greasy ain't that what the old people say oh my gosh girl (laughs) you
0: went back in the day day okay
1: (laughs) and at some point you gotta discipline people for their actions right they gotta learn and so uh, um with that and then you see you keep going further um then you get to the point of in numbers 25 like i talked about they begin to because god told them don't be sexually immoral. don't do this don't do that by the time you get to numbers 25 where i talked about where the guy he drove the spear he drove the spear through the midianite woman and through the israelite and that was the root that was the root of the issue because they started to sin so um i just i just think that this emotion um is an emotion that can really lead you strongly into one side or the other very quickly um good or bad anger can really lead us into um a really like dramatic space it really can um if we're not taking the time to th- properly process it it can be very impaired or it can be very healthy um and helping you identify what's going on um Definitely. even sometimes that we have times where we could be angry with god Yeah. Kind of what your what are your thoughts in regards to that?
0: That's a big one. Um, As I think about that, I think about examples in my own life as well as the um, just Job's life, Mm -hmm. as he was just really still trusting and saying, like you know, throughout the chapter, like yeah, throughout the book, not the chapter. um, Just you know, God is saying who God is, but then also questioning who God is at the same time, like uh, what, with what was happening. Um, and from a, like a personal standpoint, being angry at God does happen because anger in relationship does happen. So of mm-hmm. course we're in relationship with God. We're going to get disappointed. And the yeah. main reason why we get angry with God is because our understanding It's just not his. Our ways of doing things is just Mm -hmm. not his. And so how we would bring people together, how we would do the timing of our lives and other people's lives is going to be different. It just is. And we think it's good because our judgment and good is kind of honestly relative, but his is not relative. It's consistent. Ours is relative because we get swayed by, you know, feelings, emotions, what's going on, the culture, blah, blah, blah. His... Standard has never changed from Genesis yeah. all the way through Revelation, which is good. And that's why we can trust him. Yeah. Because he's not fickle like us. He doesn't yeah. all of a sudden grow weary and well doing. <laughs> we do. <laughs> we grow weary. <laughs> we're like, you know what? I'm tired of being nice to you. You're gonna get this cussed out today. You know, like not me though. Like, thank you, Lord, for sanctifying me in that area. But but you know, like that's how people are. We we grow weary. We're like, we're done. I'm done with you. That's not him. Yeah. Um, so I feel like. Because of that, and because all of us struggle with that, whether we like to admit it or not, there's going to come a time where he disappoints us, where he is slaying us, and we are struggling to trust him. Like, it's just going to happen. And we're going to get angry because something happened that we asked, we asked this, and we got that. And that's not what we wanted. And so in those moments, it is so vital that we process that with him. Because if we don't, we run the risk of that anger now turning into something that is impaired. Yeah. And we run the risk of really isolating ourselves from the one person or the not um, from like from God, which we need him in order to heal from whatever took place in order to understand fully whatever took place or it's begin to understand or just understand him enough so that we can trust him. Cause sometimes we're not going to understand why we're not going to get our answers of why, it's okay to ask that, but we're not going to always get the answers. We're not always going to fully understand on this side of heaven. And, and that's okay. Um, well, we can feel like it's okay when we start to really trust that he knows best and that we continue to allow those times where, when we're in the Valley to build our faith in who God and build our faith and understanding of who God is. Cause the more yeah. we do that, the relatively easier it's not easy I'm not gonna try to say it's easy but the relatively easier it is to trust him in the valley to trust (laughs) him when we're walking through the valley of shadow death like in those places to better trust that his way is best and that is so hard to trust that his way is best especially in those moments when we're going through things that it's like this doesn't make sense. And I think the trigger areas the most are around health and, and life and death situation, like those type of situations are the hardest ones to trust that he is best, because if we're yeah. praying for a certain outcome and it doesn't happen, it's just like, Lord, that can couldn't have been the plan. Like, like, what is yeah. this? Like, what is happening? Yeah. But I, I believe those moments are places where we can learn to trust him more and just like in um chapter 42 of job where he's like i heard you with my ears but not can see you like i can really see who you are and in those moments god is really trying to show you who he is so that you yeah. can be anchored anchored in him planted by the river of living like anchored and so those moments are for anchoring however we know that the enemy has a plan for those times too And because he knows how our emotions are and our feelings can become unpaired and our hearts can be, you know, unchecked. Then he uses those times to isolate us from God, to have us throwing our fist at him, all of these things and, and breaking and tearing down that relationship instead of doing what it's really meant to do, which is to build it stronger. Yeah. He does that not not only with God, but also with people around us too. But yeah. yeah, go ahead.
1: Sorry. How would you say like with clients that you walk through just kind of as you as a therapist, like how do you walk people through who experience such anger, you know, um, and maybe not understanding what to do with those? Like, what does that look like practically to walk it out and process it and all of the things?
0: So overall, it looks like what we were talking about before, which is like understanding the root like, what is the root of this? Um, what other feelings are present?
1: Mm-hmm. So under
0: a lot of times anger doesn't come alone. Like, It has fear and all of these and hurt and feelings of rejection and lo- which comes from the feeling of loneliness. And, and so really wanting to uh, put those things on the table and um, identify them, name them, name the fear, name what we are actually afraid of, name all of the things. Because if we we can name it, then we can deal with it. And yeah, we can really so either we can learn the truth of what's happening, because sometimes we have assumption and lies that we believe are truth and it keeps us bound. And so in those areas, it's like understand the truth of it, like what's really happening um, and processing that and then encouraging the person. Um, also, if they are a person of faith, then I will incorporate that piece into it as well, because that is like really introducing them and walking through. Um, What that looks like to process these feelings, not only with me as their therapist, but also with God um, and how they can really bring that relationship, you know, to get like closer instead of allowing this to tear it apart. Um, Mm -hmm. And then also not only with God, but also with people around them as well, because a lot of times when we're going through this isolation tends to feel like the best thing and it's not. So isolating ourselves from others and then isolating ourselves from God. And this is a process. So that's like the overall, but this is not something that happens overnight. And depending on how much you're dealing with and how deeply rooted those roots are, um, it's going to look different in how I approach it. But overall, when I have someone come in and this is what I'm seeing, that is like the overall like, treatment plan if you will it's like okay how can i get all of these feelings on the table name what's going on help them and help us together discover what the roots are here and then start helping them strengthen, like leveraging the therapeutic relationship to then help them with relationships outside that are being affected by this and then also yeah. their faith and their relationship with god in particular is being affected
1: by this as well Yeah, that's good. That's beautiful. So we don't have to be afraid of anger. At all. We just need to um, (laughs) pay attention to it. Ask questions. Ask questions.
0: Be curious. Always be curious. I think overall, as we've talked about this, it always goes back to like checking your heart and being curious about these things and not being afraid of uh, being vulnerable and honest about what's coming up for you not wondering like how it has to sound or oh this doesn't sound right or this is not good like Mm
1: -hmm. those are
0: assumptions (laughs) like how about we just let it out and find out um so i think it's really important as i think through this it goes back to being curious asking questions and being honest with self and others and and being vulnerable
1: Mm -hmm. yeah that's good this is a good conversation Yes. And so I'm so
0: thankful for this. And so I'm hoping that you all are able to take some nuggets from today's conversation about anger and to really allow yourself to feel feel fully. And that's really our goal with this. And so we love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll be back again on Thursday. Have a good one. Bye. Love you.